drink. Is this blood orange? Tangerine? Yeah, that's you. Thanks. Do you okay with the just real lime last time? The real lime? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I'm thirsty. I was driving here. I don't know. A wave of thirst came over me. Yeah, well, it's one of those days. But I knew. I knew where I was going. Yeah. It's the land of fizz. You're thirsty to talk about this movie. Yeah, and thirsty to... This is... Do you think you're more famous than David Reese? Who's more famous? You. Do you think you're more famous? Yeah, I'm not famous. When I walk around Martha's Vineyard, because they know me more than anybody, but they know what I've done. A lot of people know what I did. Happy Days, Laverne. Yeah, yeah. Odd Couple. So they say if their kid was walking, and the kid was old enough to remember those shows, sometimes they're not. He say, um, this guy's famous. And I said to them, if, if you think that I'm famous, then the kid would have gone, look who's here. You know, they right. recognize you. That's what fame is. You walk into a store, they go, oh, look. So you're I saying say, you can go anywhere. I say, yeah. I say, well, no. I say my work is famous. Yes. Happy Days is famous. Odd Couple's famous. Laverne Shirley's famous. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Famous. You know, very famous. But I have the, yeah, I, I do have the uh, capability of, of living a life without people inter- interrupting my dinner or <laughs> asking ideal. me to take a selfie with them. And Yeah, fame is terrible. That's so you think you're kind. sort of like how directors from like the 30s, no one really knows it was all about stars. Right. So you sort of attached yourself to projects that were, you're like, you're, yeah, you're sort of out of the way. You're doing all the work, but then whatever his name is. You worked on the show, The Odd Couple, right? Yeah. Did you have anything to do with the the movie too? No, no, no. The movie. Okay. Uh, that was before the show, first right? First of all, I think the movie was before the show also. Yeah, I think so. But the play by Neil Simon, you know, um, they bought the rights from Neil Simon to do the television show for The Odd Couple. He never thought it would be successful. Amazing. So he sold the rice for $500 an episode. What? Yeah, and there's a wow. guy, Herb Gardner, who wrote A Thousand Clowns. Remember? Uh-huh. Do you know the play A Thousand Clowns? I think so. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, you're a little young for that, I'm too. I'm tiny. But Herb Gardner wrote A Thousand Clowns with Jason Robards. was a great play. And they were after Herb Gardner for years to sell the rights for the TV show. And he kept saying no, no, no. And finally, this one network guy was meeting with him, and they said, Mr. Gardner, you don't understand. If we do your show and it's a hit, you'll never have to write again. Wrong. That's the wrong thing to say. <laughs> oh my God, was that the wrong? He went, he said there was a excuse me. <laughs> That's what I do every day. Yeah. That's what I love to do. Well, I only bring it up because I think you are. Well, maybe I should. I not introduce you then. You'll just be a sort of a the least famous a person that yeah. needs no introduction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Won't even bother because they don't know him anyway. No, this is really special because I don't know. We did. Josh and I did the um, Gary Marshall verse. We did the three-day movies for the podcast. Okay. And a, a legend. You're a legend. And it's amazing to have you on the show. Well, uh, how did I become a legend? Josh who? So oh, Josh exactly. is, is, is my co-founder of this podcast. Yeah. Right. He heard of me? 
Oh no, we. I mean, you're just you've written some of the funniest stuff ever. Yes. And no, so I, well, it's I had just, a good, it's, yes, I had a big comedy career. Yeah. yeah. So this is great. So, um, father and son. This is when will it end? I think I forgot to say that. We're in the at the end of the Grisham verse, joined by uh, Charlie and Marty. And I keep, I, I keep, I do this. I do this with your spouse's name. I mispronounce it once in my head, and then I can never figure out. Is it Nadler or it's Nadler? Fuck, see, I did yeah. it wrong. You just think like Gonad. That's why I say Gonad. That was my Marty Nadler. Charlie. It's weird because they're both A's, right? Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. both have a lot short of A, long. Yeah. It's complicated. It's yeah. very hard. Well, the people it's that called me Nadler through my life, I, I, I got into trouble. Wait, what does that mean? If they, if, I don't know. Like, Am I going to be in trouble? No, you, no, no. I got okay. in trouble. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, Mrs. Okay. Was oh a, I see. A teacher you that knew. didn't like me or something like that. <laughs> so this I is great. Correct. I would say it's Nadler. Okay, good. Well, that means you'll know when I'm angry at you if I'm yes, starting. Exactly. Yeah, if I start. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we are, it's Christmas in July. Uh, the end of one of the truly most bizarre verses I think I've ever done. <laughs> Charlie, have you, so you, we did the whole, every, almost every movie that was written by John Grisham. Right. Are you a fan of Grisham? Or Grisham? I, I like, yeah, his firm, I like, yeah, like, I'm a Grisham fan. And you, did you, in, I didn't really get the, well, maybe I'll get a different story. He said he just like, one, one day was reading like, uh, Hardy Bullets. Yeah, Boxcar Children. And then one day later he was in, into the client. Is that true? Yeah, when I was like 10, I, for true? some reason, like I read some of those books, 10, 11. What, did I have? No, just I think, I think mom just wanted me to read and. and <laughs> yeah, that's a and, good reason. Uh, yeah. No, no. Well, Can't the, disappoint mom. Well, the truth about Charlie was in the very beginning, we would read to him mm-hmm. and his mom was more uh, literate than I am. That's good. And she would force all these books on him, which turned out not to be good because when he was in high school, I think his weakest thing was reading. Wait, why? Well, I just didn't like it. Just, he didn't it like you it. had already read homework. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He burned out. Right, you read too much already. Yeah. He read too much. <laughs> well, and they give you trap. I mean, I had to read Anna Karenina. For Come on. Ju- for junior year AP English. Oh, my God. And it's like 900 and pages. you're reading the... This was before the better translation. I remember this. the new translation came out like in 2005 oh, yeah, or something. No, yeah, no. This was in, in 2000, 2000-ish. Just missed it. Yeah, and it's so boring. I, I, I hated it so much. I did the math, and I read the minimum pages I had to read every day. I knew it was like 34 pages a day to finish it over a summer. So every day I just like read 34 pages so you're really whatever. getting a lot out of this assignment yeah yeah maybe it was 17 I mean, i'm trying to think what nine he's a great student i was not, i would have had bought the classic comic the and Anna, Anna Karenina comic book in fact i was so stupid <laughs> that in, in in school high school i would have these book reports and i never read the real book i read the comic and for the report i thought it'd be cool to put the comic cover on <laughs> That does sound cool. The thing, you know, <laughs> as you're like covering, I was your busted right there. I, I was busted. <laughs> but he he couldn't read Anna Karenina because he was reading The Client at nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, he was he was like over he 
he burned out at, at yeah. 10. So I, when I, you have kids, you're going to start them straight off with Anna. Well, I think that's why I'm not going to have kids. Yeah, yeah. You already, that's it. You can't <laughs> yeah, even do it yeah, anymore. The cycle's ruined. broken. Uh, yeah, and yeah. kind of ruined it. Um, no, and I mean, it's one of those things where it's sort of like those Netflix shows that you know you want to watch, but mm-hmm. you don't have time. It's like, I feel that way with classic literature. Like, there's all these things I want to read, like Proust and Balzac right. and stuff, but I just, I still need to get over my, like, trauma from, like, from my <laughs> high school sh- English. You should do Proust. I think that's what it's all about, right? I, I mean, I don't even I don't know. know. I don't know. I, I I have that series on my list for maybe next year. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Too, I, I read, I think, <laughs> seven Grisham books since we started this. And Did it make you more violent? Did it make you more sleepy? What did, what did it do to your spirit? I think The Christmas of the Cranks was a good book to end on. I don't think I'll ever read another Grisham. It was... Have you read the book? Uh, no, skip I, skipping Christmas. No, I. Which no. we both agree we like that title better. I know. I think the movie should have been called Skipping Christmas. I don't love Christmas with the Cranks in comparison. I, I love it. I think it's perfect because the movie's like a. I think it just sort of creates like this. There is no story. There is no. There's no narrative here, and I love that it's just like skipping Christmas. Sounds like there's something happening. I love it. It's just yeah. like, this is Christmas with the cranks, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is all you're going to get. Doesn't right. Is the book true to what the movie is, or is the adaptation, did they make it? Oh, it's it? identical. They've it's actually, identical, okay. There was a weird racist part that they took out of the movie, okay. and then they added in the burglar guy at the end. Otherwise, oh, okay. it's, it's identical. Well, the nice thing is they'll probably re-release the movie with the racist part. Yeah, it was, it's well, incredible. And why is this one not in the South? Because it's um, it doesn't snow. I don't know. It's, it's a good weird, point. Though it, all the Grisham's books are all Memphis, Louisiana, like they're like yeah. all no, like deep yeah, yeah, south. Yeah. No, well, no. I'm sure his first draft was in the south, and they <laughs> the notes came back. Christmas and, and Christmas and Corpus Christi. Yeah, <laughs> and they said, no, no, we need snow. I think <laughs> yeah. honestly, at this point in his career, definitely like he was writing for Hollywood. Right. Mo- Christmas movies are all New England. Yeah. Right. Movies. True. Though to go back to the racist, this is insane. This I think the book book came out like 2003 or something. When her daughter calls and says that she's now engaged to a Peruvian, the main Mister Crank says he has dark skin. Oh no! And his wife's is like, "Well, it's all right. We'll meet him and see if it's okay." <laughs> it's insane. And then they meet him, and he's like, in this book, in the book, he's in like, in the movie, they turn him into like an American or something. No, eh, he's Enrique. He's like he's like, like an Americanized him. Peruvian. Yes, that. Well, you the would... movie's kind of dumb. They're like, oh, it's sudden, but yeah, you've been silently dating him for a while. Like they like right. make it sound you like you went they were there to. Good. I didn't. It was confusing. They joined the Peace Corps right together. together. Yeah. Well, he he really looks more like a soccer player. Yeah. You know, That's so he's true. foreign, but he's. Yeah. I'm know, starting to they like don't Enrique. Give, they don't give him much. No, you know? no, yeah. In the book, they're like, "Oh, he studied in London." They like turn him into this like good Peruvian. Yeah. It's so it's it's but bonkers. That supports. I mean, I have so much. To, I, know, <laughs> I have so much to say about this because it's like I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I have like so much to say about this movie. Um, so I love it. Where, this where, is where honestly, where this is where we all all roads lead to Christmas with the Cranks. That's yeah. why we started this series. And we're finally here. I think you, wherever you want to start, this is uh, your child. Okay. 
You said so, you weren't going to have children. This is the this closest is you're ever going to have. Yeah, is Christmas with the Cranks yeah. episode. This and is my, my first. It will be my grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have the easy job. You, you just get to swoop in once or twice any, a year. No gifts for this movie. <laughs> you have any grandchildren? Well, there's this podcast episode, uh, yeah. season four. I have two cats and a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, first of all, I mean, once again, great cast for a Grisham movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Or I mean, big names, you know. Yeah, Tim Allen. It's he. It's like it's like he, as part of his plea deal for the cocaine bust, he had to do like eight Christmas movies. I don't understand why this guy let it snow. wants to make so many Christmas. Let it snow. Look yeah, at he's stuck in he's stuck in the winterlands. I mean, he just he's done so many the Christmas white movies. White fog or something. Yeah, he's um. I think this is his most like angry christmas movie though. yeah the santa claus he's kind of a weird character but yeah not angry well could, could i maybe take a guess that he may really like christmas <laughs> he may really like i mean christmas. that's he, I also, he grew up and had yeah great christmases and, yeah and likes family stuff i mean look yeah. at like you know yeah. that sitcom he um so this must have been hard for him. Maybe he went full like method or something to really get into a person who doesn't like Christmas. Yeah. Well, maybe he thought it was about time to, so, to stretch himself. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> so that's my biggest critique of the plot is that, and I talked to my dad about this when we watched it. So when it. you watched it a couple of days ago, watched together, days ago, same yes. couch? Together, same, same couch. couch. Love it. I don't love how it's motivated with him skipping it. I understand that they're sad about Blair going to the Peace Corps. But just because of that, he's willing to stiff his employees at his company and like just like do a lot of like shitty things to people in a way where it's like I wanted more trauma. Like, I Wait, wanted... what shitty things did he do? So he doesn't. He's not giving any like holiday gifts to his company. Like he's like going. Like, remember, he's like attention. Yeah, but he's like, you're you not... don't need to give me any either. I know, but I get the feeling that he, they like work for him, you know. Mm, so it's kind of a weird... maybe. Yeah, I think. Well, the secretary character. Secretary definitely. Yeah, like just that kind of. But he's not a partner. No, the guy the, across the street made sure we all knew that he's. Yeah, no, he's that's still true. But he's the... still kind of high up enough. He's punching down on the secretary. Like I just, I don't know. There's just things that I felt like he didn't have to be that unlikable to sell it. Like I wanted a little more of like you know what Christmas is always hard for me. I was always having to do all this stuff that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it would be nice to have a year that, like, an excuse now to, like, we don't have to deal with any of the stress and the stuff. It just, like, he gets to it a bit, but it, it just is a little... Do you think he should have gone, like, Christmas hole? Yeah. You familiar with the Christmas hole? No. Oh, I had a friend who was, that was his tradition. Oh. Throughout the month of December, he would go out in the backyard and slowly dig a hole that was slightly t- deeper into the ground than he was tall. And then on Christmas, he would just go in the hole. <laughs> and this guy's walking around. Yeah, I don't know. He's still with us. He's not an institution. I'm surprised I haven't heard of Christmas Hall. He, used, yeah, to, he a... used to. I know. I thought it was a bigger thing. He used to um, pout so much that. That sounds like a good movie. Yeah. If all you did was you could stare from below and you could see his pouting lower lip past his nose. Yeah. That's when you knew it was Christmas. Yeah. Okay. But you, so you're, you think maybe well, you are familiar with Christmas Hall no. well enough to know that, but maybe. That should have been the movie. But yeah, and it's also like they, they make it see, and so he makes it so binary like, no, we can't do anything or we can celebrate Christmas right. exactly the way we do it. And it seemed like when he's doing the math, it seemed like they could have done a couple things. They could have bought the <laughs> calendar, he could have given a couple token gifts to his people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. didn't have to throw the party, didn't have to do all the other things, but that was. So well, in the book, part, they make it very clear. It's like, this is like the book goes formula like 
okay, it's tree person. I will not give tree person money now, but I will give them $100 in six months. Okay, it's policeman. I will not give you money now, but I'll give you a Like, he just, like, keeps doing the same thing where he's like, I'm not giving money now, but I'll give it to you later. And I'm like, fuck you. Oh, It's Christmas. Yeah, so it's... That softens it a bit more. I kind of... Yeah, didn't he, I mean, did he not do that once with the... No, it's just okay. not doing it at all. No, I, I don't remember. Yeah, there's none of that, like, softening it for people. Okay. Can I actually interrupt as you're both Jewish, correct? Yeah. How dare you? Thank you. Are you... This movie, to me... It feels. Have you seen the Purge? The Purge. I'm familiar with the with the movie, but I don't think I've seen it. I know the concept. I have a theory. You know, crossover events. Yeah. I think that the Purge takes place. Well, which do you think? The Purge takes place in Crank verse, or the Crank is a basically the Purge is like Christian white nationalists take yes. over America and create a Purge day where you're allowed to commit crime. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this feels like the other part of the year. When the Christian white nationalists have completely taken over America, where if you're not celebrating Christmas, you're like, yes, you're like some totally lunatic person. And it's like, I just am curious as Jewish audience members, does this seem completely insane? Or is this just like a slightly exaggerated version of the America that you're familiar with? Well, here, so I'm glad you're, I mean, this is the whole thing I want to talk about. So there, so speaking of, speaking of Judaism, there is a section. Where one of the, the their house isn't lit up and someone says, Are they Jewish? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like already that's like woof. Like that that to me like hit like that line. So this is my whole thing, is that in the book it was Hindu. Okay. So <laughs> even like I uh, mean so like all right. So five percent of critics had positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Like this is like one of the worst reviewed Rotten Tomato movies. But one of like, those mine, right? But like the consensus, <laughs> the consensus is that it's a garish comedy that promotes conformity. But like my conspiracy theory here is that mm-hmm. like Grisham is trying to yes. like say how fucked up conformity is. Like this is a hokey, very cheesy Christmas movie, but if you look at it through the Grisham lens, uh-huh. it's this fascist world <laughs> it's... where if you don't do exactly what everyone else is doing, and if you're not exactly like everyone else, which is why I kind of lit up when you said the thing about the darker skinned Peruvian guy, because like again, it's like it right. felt very like Nazi type shit in terms of every little thing started to turn on them. The police turn on them. There's a like a propaganda story in the newspaper right. slandering all them. sides. That's why it's like to me, it almost felt like the firm in that it was like this world where it's like everyone is maliciously the people coming into the windows and scaring them, them crawling in their house away from the people, free frosty mobs forming on their lawn. Like scary. I'm shit. describing like. Jews before they're about to get rounded up, like in some ways when I talk about all those scenes. And right. I feel like Grisham could have been like, you know what? I'm just going to write this super dark stuff, make it like seem like a fluffy holiday thing and see if anyone notices. And I don't think any of the critics gave it that credit of like, he's actually trying to do something way deeper here potentially than what they just read it as, which is all that. Well, I agree with you. And... Nice. There's a possibility that Grisham is Tim Allen, and maybe Grisham woke up one December and said, I don't want to do this. Right. Yeah. And he was and then, met with... And then he had a little taste of feedback <sighs> and said, man, 
I should write this. Right. That okay. could have happened. Yeah. That's sure. sure. So here's, I really like, and I've, I've told you the diehard story. I won't tell it again, but I've since, I'm not really giving any credit to the author unless they come out and say it outright because I made a huge mistake with the director of Die Hard thinking that was also a satirical like oh look at how shitty white America is blah 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 yeah if that's the case the like heartwarming part of the story is when Crank gives away his cruise to the cancer exactly. person so like he becomes he conforms so either it's like incredibly nuanced satire where like you just see this man who is trying to do something different and he is unable to and he's sort of swept in. So like that's why I love the gingerbread man because like that's the truest version of this Grisham guy that is out of control and can't figure out how to engage responsibly as a lawyer and he doesn't yeah. and he loses it. Yeah. Every other character is like outsmarts the system and wins. And here's like a guy who learns the power of Christmas by giving and celebrating and eating ham. I also kind of saw that as like his son-in-law to be is there. His his daughter is there. He can't go on this cruise, so he might as well do a really nice thing for this person. Like I sort of like saw that as like it's a great little heartwarming thing and works for like the Christmas movie element of this. But like it also is just sort of like he's gonna eat the money anyway. So like yeah, but I think a, if. You were reading this as like a, ooh, let's look at the underbelly. Like if this were like a Lynch movie, it's like we look yeah. at the underbelly of Christian America. Yeah. The ending would need to, I think, support that rather than like, oh, look at this heart. He's become heart. He's become a good person, a good Christian by giving to his neighbors. And his wife's like, oh, you finally gave something away. So, or, or you look at it as he finally gave in. Right. To what everyone was making him do. And part of Christmas is being selfless, even though like all the stuff is very capitalistic and all the other things. And he, he does the right thing and they're conforming and they're back and they did their party and they put up their frosty and they did all the shit. Yeah. And then they and have then they, that thing at the end where it's, it's like, true. maybe next year we can skip Hell Christmas, yeah. which is also like, maybe next year we can like help the Jews who are getting around, them, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Actually, I really like that because when it pulls out, it just pulls out to this like infinite sea of Christmas yeah. houses. Well, let me, let me give you my feeling about the ending. Yeah, yeah. Because I always look at stuff as a writer. Mm -hmm. And Charlie I, tries to do that too, but he's found, not as successful. I found the ending a little weak. Yeah. Uh, because of this part where he, I mean, if you do a Hollywood ending, what we you know, I call a Gary Marshall ending, everyone feels good. Yeah. It was okay to do that. But I think Grisham was still dark enough to not really want to accept the fact that he did this good deed because if you remember the end, they were talking about how they dislike each other. They still they dislike still, each other. Yeah. But that's sort of You don't think there's a little wink? Or you Yeah, I, I guess their whole relationship. I just thought it was not good writing. <laughs> I just thought it was wait, wait a second. What he he wanted everything, but he didn't it didn't work to do to give everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of you know and then the I whole mean? weird subplot with I the mean, burglar. If, if you really wanted yeah. to be a dark Grisham um, I mean, this is the, the Marty Nadler version of the movie where he gives him the cruise. 
Uh-huh. And he goes back to his wife and she says, well, you, you really got the spirit. He goes, oh, she's not going to live that long. Yeah, that's funny too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's more honest to the character, the character yeah. and, the, and the story. Right. I, but, this, uh, you know. This script to me feels like someone opened ChatGPT and said, write a Christmas movie in the voice of John Grisham. Huh. Like, that's what this, like, feels like to me. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just sort of weak all over the place because there, I mean, there isn't really a story. I don't really understand how they managed to make it that long. And it's not very long, but nothing really happens in this movie. Well, they resist Christmas yeah. and then they finally alienate themselves from everyone. And then the midpoint of the movie is they've won. They've defeated this fascist force of people being like, put up your frosty, right. buy our calendar, <gasps> do our things. And then the phone call, Blair right. says, I'm coming home. You got to do all the things because this is, this, you know, Enrique's first mm-hmm. uh, situation. I still don't even understand. I don't understand the Enrique character. Because, like, he's, I, he's from, she knows, how is he not celebrated? It's just so baffling to me. Well, they yes, know each Peru. other. Peru, I think, is a very yes. religious But they never character. had the... Uh, a snowy one, I guess. But this is snow in Peru. Right, yeah. It's gotta be snow. It's just supposed to be, I wanted him to see yeah. the thing we do every year or whatever. It was weird. Didn't well, go, go on with you. Well, yeah, no. So, yeah. I mean, so then that happens. So then the next conflict is, okay, we have to do all the stuff we could have systematically done in 12 hours. And then it's like, the stakes there are good. I felt like, even it's, though, like, not much is happening, like, there's there's conflict in that, like resisting Christmas and then having to actually like reverse engineer it out of nowhere. Can I ask you a question? As a as a the only father in the room, if you were successfully, you know, overcame all these obstacles, and then Charlie calls and says, "I'm coming home," why would you like? Would you lie and be like, "Oh, let's like let's get this going just for Charlie"? Or would you be like, Charlie, we're, we're going on a cruise this year? Well, my, I'm just working completely ad-lib as you're asking me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretend he calls. I, I would say, honey, but who are you talking home to? with a guy. Call the cruise people. We'll, we'll, we're going to go on the cruise, but we're taking them. Oh, you're going to include yes. them? That's how That's I would really do it nice. as a father. Because I'm a very nice father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, it seemed to me that was like, if your relationship with your kid is so broken that you can't be like, oh, we are not going to do that this year. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you're adults. I'm an adult. You're now fucking engaged. Yeah. You're obviously at a point in your life where you're making decisions on your own. I think you'll be okay if yeah. you could have checked first. Yeah. And we'll get, a, we'll get a, a nice size balcony room. We'll have a tree on the ship. Oh, you so know, we'd have Christmas. And be in a beautiful Caribbean thing. That's a wonderful compromise. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, the whole point was that Christmas feels weird without, well, I'll just say, say Charlie instead of yeah. Blair. And I have never been on a cruise. Uh, I, I, I don't like cruises, but they may even have that time of year. They may do Christmas on the, the well, boat. Well, you, you've never been on a cruise, but you don't like them? I don't like the idea of a cruise. You don't like the idea. Someone too... once told me going on a cruise is like going to a a party and never being able to go home. It sounds awful. <laughs> you know, going to a lousy party and never being able to go home. <laughs> That's true. A good party could be fun. Are you not a, do you like hot weather? I like hot weather. Okay. You like swimming? I live in Florida. Yeah. yeah I like okay. swimming. So I you don't, don't even need the cruise. 
I don't need the cruise. Yeah, you're. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. I think. Well, a lot of people go on the cruise because well, you know, if you divide it each day and how much you eat, I mean, you spend more at home. That's true. That's so they sort of it's sort of like casinos. And they, they look at it, but but they like. I have a friend that loves cruises, and he goes all the time. But uh, also, I don't like being off the land a lot. I like right. the water. There's, ever since Jaws, I, the, the ocean. Uh, wait, who? Jaws, the movie Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Sorry, I heard George. I'm sorry. Why, that's my New York. <laughs> we did Jaws for the podcast. Of course. Yeah. But ever since Jaws, the ocean is not a, a nice place. Absolutely. Yeah, the ocean is, is we are, yeah. this podcast is firmly against the ocean. So, Charlie, what <laughs> else do you I mean, there's so much stuff here. Like the like, if you're so, if you're when good is the first? Can I ask when was the first time that you watched this? What brought you to Christmas uh, with the Cranks? Yeah, he saw it once. I saw it. Well, so I think this was like a. I think I watched this soon after you asked me to do this season because I think we were talking about the list of things. Okay. A list of movies, and you know, as you know, we'd watched a bunch during the pandemic, but this we hadn't heard of. So I think. We just turned it on one night after, you know, when we were talking about doing the Grisham just because we thought it'd be kind of funny. Um, yeah. So it was a few months ago. So I've really only so seen this, okay. it twice. So this isn't like the way you've been talking about it. And the been... only reason why I thought it was so funny <laughs> is because of his Grisham. If someone right. said, you want to watch this Christmas movie and hit play after the credits and didn't say this is based on John Grisham, Skipping Christmas, and right. it was just a, I just watched the movie cold. I would think it was stupid, but like because of all the like baggage of this the this this oeuvre of films mm-hmm. and like his worldview and all the things like you know that he that he has in these other movies, I just think there's, I mean, it's like terrifying. It's like a terrifying movie. Like the it's the awful. people outside the windows, like the scaring them and like having to like put ice on your sidewalk so people will slip and wow. like. Not, I mean, well, like, it is a violent, it's violent. It is, it is like us against them. The whole thing about the cops, like the gen, oh, they made a generous donation this year. The cops like going to escort them from the, from the airport. It's like, if you, if you pay off the police, you get the police's protection and mm-hmm. the opposite. If you don't like, yeah, there's so, this is, this is a fascist country that this movie takes place in. Right. And it's almost, I guess the thing is, it's just like, it doesn't really acknowledge that it, it just sort of presents it as, to me, it presents itself that this is good. Like the end of this movie is that he's good. He's a good boy now, but maybe it's just, it's, maybe it's not. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's almost like, I think, I think it was very, if it's what I hope it is, it was incredibly ambitious and he didn't quite pull it off. But what I hope it is, is this guy writing this super dark, super social commentary thing about conformity, bundling it in the kids movie that's like kids can like, but like knowing somewhere in the back of the theater are some people who like understand the winking of it all and like how messed up he thinks this stuff is. I think the problem is that the main characters are always somehow even worse than the thing that they're supposedly being antagonized by. The Cranks are terrible people. Yeah, they're, they're strange. Did you get that? Like, did you, they're not likable, right? 
Um, he wasn't as likable. I liked the wife wasn't too bad. Yeah, she's great. I love in that opening scene where he's like, I got a fucking great idea. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're yeah, going to have sex that's finally. Great. Yeah, that's, that's a great scene. <laughs> yeah, I just, love that she, scene. Oh, well, she was taking off. <laughs> yeah. She's like, thing. it's not even Saturday. Like, all those lines yeah, are so funny. That was great. Yeah. But here, can I just add my professional thought yeah. about this, too? That's why you're here. Oh, wait, sorry. There are some turkeys a family of turkeys behind you. Oh, yeah. These turkeys have been around. Oh. Very cute. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Just a little turkey corner. And uh, there they go. Yeah, take a quick turkey peek. Turkey family. They're cute. Well, maybe this is a sign that my idea may be a turkey. But <laughs> let's hear <laughs> but it. My let's idea hear it. is possibly... I did, I've done nine movies with, with Gary Marshall. Yeah, I really want to hear about your and relationship. Well, in a, later, maybe. But yeah. We... We would make the movie and we go to a mall and get a test audience before they release the movie. Right. And there are times when the when you get their little cards back, they fill out cards, and they say the ending doesn't work or we don't like the ending. We're not happy with the ending. Maybe Grisham had a different ending. Maybe. And I don't know how much power he had over the studio. And they could have said... Uh, we're going to have to rewrite the end. Did, I'm going to quickly look it up, but was he the writer for this movie yes. or was it? Okay, so he wrote he it. He wrote the movie, which is why it was probably so close to the book. Yeah, it was like. Uh, no, he did not write the movie. Chris Columbus wrote this oh, movie. Oh, right, right, right. Who, who wrote The Goonies. And directed Who directed Harry, Home Alone yeah. and Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, so that and makes Harry Potter, more right? sense. That, Maybe. That Chris could have been more of a whore here. Mm-hmm. And change Grisham. You know, maybe Grisham was a consultant on. I'm sure, yeah, he was. I'm sure he had some kind of input into the script. Yeah, and he probably called Grisham up and said, "Well, they don't like your ending, and they want it to be a little. They want him to at the but end, the ending of the book is this. It's the same. The same ending. Yeah, he, he gives away the. Gives pre- it's the actually ending. less nasty. There's no like they sort of become friends through the act of oh, okay. generosity. Oh, okay. then, yeah, then my, my idea is a turkey. But it's only, he's <laughs> only, it's sort of like the ending of like all these other movies though, like the right. firm and stuff. It's like he, he escapes like the bad, like stuff that's building from not doing Christmas. But in the end, he actually loses a lot of money. It's, it's, you know, it's like he, he gives in, but he's the, but he actually loses the cruise. And too. I think that's what is also maybe not really pointing out that this is, I mean, this points out a lot about our culture, whether it was their intention or not. But like the fact that this is an entirely monetary decision is also just like sort of a, you know, it's the least captivating political response to a Christianized American, yeah. uh, just like identity being like, it's not fighting against that being like, let's be more inclusive. Let's talk to our neighbors and blah, blah, blah. blah. This is like, I spent $6,100 last year on Christmas and I'll never do that again. Right. And he talked about how much the cruise cost. Right. And if we don't go, we're losing that. Yeah. And Grisham is obsessed with money. Like yeah. almost every single one of his characters is just like, I need to make as much money as possible. That's yeah. their, always their motivation for, right. for getting to the end of the book. So I don't know. I, I like, I think we can extract these ideas about fascist Christian American identity and not be that this is what this movie was trying to set out. But I think it actually paints one of the most like accurate depictions of what this country does, where Christmas is sort of this like 
if you don't celebrate Christmas, you are treated basically like the cranks. Oh, Obviously yeah. not as extreme, but yeah, if you're December, I mean, you can tell me way better than I can tell you. Like December in America is a weird place if you don't celebrate Christmas, I'm imagining. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why you have a lot of Jews celebrating Christmas. Right. Yeah. Because you the Hanukkah bush when they get the Christmas tree. But Grisham was also probably also bringing out the monetary value of Christmas to the country. I mean, buying trees, uh, gifts, shopping. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what his. I'm trying to think that he really tried to say enough is enough yeah, to yeah. that character. Maybe he did. If I, we yeah, wouldn't know. It's very anti-Christmas. It feels like a very anti-Christmas yes. movie to me because like even those small moments like when he goes over before he gives them the the cruise, he tries to give them the ham and Walt and his wife are like Walt's like I don't like ham. And she's trying to eat healthier or like the other way around. Mm -hmm. And he's like, take it anyways. Like, it's like a really shitty thing where he's like, nah, just, I don't want the ham and you're just going to have to. And they're like, this is a cruise too, honestly. Yeah. But the cruise is later, but like, like a couple minutes later, (laughs) but it's like that whole thing is like, Oh my God, you're just like forcing them to take something that they knowingly said they don't like. Like, Which is what Christmas is all about. I know. Giving people gifts they don't actually want. I know. Yeah. Secret Santa. Yeah. You have to God. go out and buy something for your office mate. Yeah. She even says, like, well, I have to go buy my shitty perfume because my boss won't give it to me this year. So yeah, she doesn't yeah. even like the... She just yeah. wants the gift. She doesn't yeah. even care that it's what it is. Yeah. She hates him. She hates it. Yeah. But she's conformed. The crazy thing about this movie is it is critically... People hated it. Mm-hmm. And it made $96 million <laughs> at the box office. <laughs> Christmas movie. So No, but some Christmas movies bomb, though. Really? What's one? What's an example of a bomb? I mean, they make so many of them. We wouldn't even be able That's to That's true. That's true. Know? There's thousands of Christmas yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's... I think it's the Grisham... I don't know why this movie made so much money. They didn't say John Grisham's no. Christmas with a Crank. And is Tim Allen a big name in 2004? Not especially. Jo- uh, sorry, what's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. She's bigger now than she Like I feel like yeah. that was like a sort of almost a lull period for her. Maybe yeah. not. I mean, Ackroyd was, was big. And that's a great Grisham character. Vic Frohmeyer is yeah. such... He's remind me of like Tucci or all these other like great yeah. cameos. I mean, he is... He's like the president of this world. I mean, he controls the police. Mm, he controls he does, the, yeah. the whole neighborhood. Like this whole, he's like the, he's like the mafia boss of Christmas. Yeah. Mr. Soprano. Yeah. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. When he goes up to the window and he's ah. hanging out of the car, that's violent. It's yeah. A violent and then his move. hands, she thinks his hands fall off yeah. or something. Yeah. That's the his, gloves, right? Yeah. But the gloves yeah. stay, gloves but she, yeah. she's screaming like something terrible has happened. I don't know. There's so much screaming in this movie. Well, there's, there's a lot to chew on in this movie. Oh, my God. The, I'm just waiting for Charlie to go through most of his notes. To... No, keep going. Yeah, no, I just, I've, I've covered a See, lot. I, I like this movie. Hell, yeah. And I, I like it for certain reasons. Yeah. First of all, you talked about there's not much story, which I agree in, but... One of the reasons I like this movie, and I like that there wasn't much story, is I dozed off like 
three times during yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Charlie was sitting next to me with his computer. Taking as notes. As you can see, making all these notes. And right. once in a while, that would wake me. You know, the tapping of the keys and stuff. That would get me up again. <laughs> yeah. Because we were sitting right next to each other. Right. But the reason I like it is I was able to, I watched, I was awake at the beginning. I was awake at the end. Wonderful. And in the middle. But I never lost the idea of the movie by dozing off because it didn't really have big story points that you would miss and you would no. up and go, wait, wait, why is that happening? Because it really was, the story was, I'm not doing Christmas. Yeah, and we're going to show you 10 times the ways I will not be doing Christmas, and you can hang out for at least three of them, and you'll still get the point of I this movie. I still get the point yeah. of the story. I may have missed... One, you know, I'm waiting for you guys to talk about something, and I go, really? That, I didn't see that. I don't think we will. But, but yeah. So the other thing I like that I'm in total agreement with my son, Charlie, is yeah. Grisham is dark. Yeah. And... I mentioned this to Charlie, but now Charles, I mentioned it to you. Yeah, please do. I got the idea that everyone in the neighborhood was wanting to screw the crank daughter. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you watch the movie, they're always looking at her. They're coming on to her a little bit. Yeah. The Hackroyd character. Classic Grisham. Lush- and that, yeah, and everything happens because of her return. And they say we're doing this for her, not doing this for the parents. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah but I got, I got some of these guys. And also, I think the movie worked because it's, it's, it's a different Christmas movie because the acting is so good. And the Grisham darkness is in it, which keeps it original. It's not yet another Christmas movie. It's true. It does, it does have a special look to it, and it does have the characters you don't see in every Christmas movie. Sure. Yeah, you don't have that weird boy. Right. Spike. <laughs> right. And then the, yeah, the creepy bully um, Boy Scout. Yeah. Who's like, tries to, when he goes back to get the dead tree and... He like really yells at Mr. He, Crank. Yeah, yeah. I gives know. it to him. I know. Or what about mm. the umbrella salesman Santa? The yes. creepy liquor Marty. store scene. Which is also pure violence. Yeah, Marty comes in. Yes. He's like, You're gonna need this umbrella. And then at the end he's like, To beat this man to death <laughs> in your front yard. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, yeah you're gonna need this. Yeah. That guy, he's um you've seen What's Up Doc? I think I did, yeah. The Barbara Streisand and What's his yeah, name? I, I believe I saw them. Marty plays this like, I I think I've only seen him in these two movies, oh, and he plays like basically the same, same character. character. Yeah, just like he's really good at being, uh, someone that you like but don't really know or trust right. or something. Yeah, he was really I yeah. I liked him. He might be my MVP. Yeah, Marty. But I enjoyed this movie because it was a, I picked up because I picked up the the Grisham, dark side of it. And it wasn't cliche. In, in a way, it seemed cliche, some of it, but not all of it. Well, right. the ending, I think we all agree the ending was a little cliche. With yeah, the but that, honestly, the last shot is terrifying. <laughs> when yeah. it pulls out and it's just like literally an infinite yeah. expanse of Christmas. Yes, yeah, so the theme of this movie is you can't be different. That is so dark. Yeah. I just don't, I think we've gone over this over and over again. There's a darkness to Grisham. And I just don't think he knows what to do with it. I think he's seen how shitty lawyers are. And I think he, 
understands that the world isn't doesn't really make sense but then he doesn't like have any sort of push to like dig that deeper or expose it or have satire against it it's just like here's some shitty people doing shitty things and they might be the hero of the movie enjoy i don't know i I find it a little confused he seems like a confused guy or he's just brutally like he's just like this is how the world is and it's not good he's like a documentarian yeah but then he's not he doesn't have a hope yeah yeah cynical worldview it is cynical is very okay yeah i just i end up being sort of just bored because i don't really like not that i don't like because i don't like the main character of the gingerbread man but i think it was the most coherent version of the dis the unlikability of these characters where like the firm is like look how cool tom cruise is and look how cool all these like lawyers are but they're only cool in that they get to make a lot of money at the end of the movie and not die. Which is Grisham's liking of money and yeah. like you say. I, I don't like lawyers. And I just heard something before I came up here. My friend got into an auto accident. And he got this big law firm down in Florida that covers auto accidents. Mm-hmm. And they sent him a video of uh. how to act uh, during this case. Oh, so during like the trial and stuff. It's a video stuff? before trial, like because because he feels the person, the, the other insurance company they're suing is they're spying on him too. Wow, he's claiming all these injuries, and they say, "Don't pick up your wife's groceries." When Got she, it. You know, don't do this. But it's a video. It's a how-to. Wow. I mean, if that's what's come to law now and lawyers, it even makes me sicker. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a, I mean, the law this I think one thing we can sort of agree that there's I think why we loved the runaway jury so much is that it's the only movie that like fully pulls back and says, have you seen runaway I jury? Love the runaway so jury. Good. Yeah. yeah. And it's the one that's like we actually don't have law is not here to help. Law is a game that is won by the rich and powerful. And it's absolutely. Yeah. So this is like the runaway jury is fun because it's the only one where it's like, look at us. We finally got in to not just beat the system, but actually do what law is intended to do, which is to help people. I even renamed a body that we have. I call it now the not so Supreme Court. Yeah, they shouldn't be. It's the not so Supreme Court. They're not really supreme at all. No. Not now. No. Yeah. They're... So it's, it's, it's all true. It's all happening. Yeah, so he did. I think you're right that there is a cynicism to Grisham. I just wish that he articulated it in a way that was actually like making me care about it rather than just be like, yeah, he's right. It sort of yeah, sucks. Yeah, like I think he sets up these really believable, dark, interesting worlds, and then the resolutions don't always match the promise of that premise and like conceit sometimes, you know, like. In terms of uh, just where they end up going with it. So is that true in, in, in most of his books? So far, the books have been, yes, just like I read. Yeah, all of them are just like guys that want to make win a big case, not to help the person, but to become famous. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like what doctors are today. Uh huh. You know, yeah. you're a doctor, the country doctor that came to your house with a. Or some buggy and took care of you and 
later on the doctors that made house calls I, yeah I, th I think it's like it's like these movies like the Pel the pelican brief and the firm are like like this where it's like it's a big the world's way bigger than the character that it ends up eventually being about so like mm -hmm. the firm's this great world then it's just about tom cruise slithering his way out of danger right back to boston get the fuck and, back to boston he's back in the car and yeah. the pelican brief is like Wow, this like I mean, I don't know if you've seen Pelican Brief Dad, I but have. It's, I like them. Yeah, it's like it's like it's something that's very it could be very topical today. It's like an orchestrated assassination of Supreme Court judges because they want to get this like, you know, environmental, like shady environmental thing like done. Like it feels like something that could happen, but then it, it ends up just being about Julia Roberts not getting murdered for like writing this right. brief. She does not give a fuck. Like that's yeah. the thing, is no one actually cares about that's other than runaway jury no one gives a shit about the power imbalance. They're just doing their best to make as much money as they can along the way. Right. So he's a weird dude. I think Grisham understands that America is a problematic place, but he's also privileged enough to not really care to change it. And well, he just he's become part of the problem. He's a best selling author. Yeah. Though he's, I think he's better boy than he was in the nineties. He's like on the innocence project now. And he is finally anti death penalty, which is, funny it it's took him a long time so he's trying his best but i think especially in like the 90s there was just the sort of desperate uncaringness about him that is it's just sort of rough to to tackle especially as a big project like this totally yeah but uh it's i don't know it's it's a it's 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 sort of i think one at a time maybe this could have been like a 10-year project rather than a 10-week project. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot in these nine movies. Um, yeah, I mean, I took a few notes. My biggest note was, how do you get a band for 15,000? What band did they get? For 15,000? Remember when she was at the nonprofit meeting? Like, we can't have a band this year. Last year, we spent $15,000 on a band. It's like, what the, what band? How much, what do you think they got? They probably got someone with a one-hit wonder. Sounds like the rate for that. Like Taylor Swift or something? No, Taylor Swift would cost no, 150000 very... Should be $200? Probably. Million? No, no she's, she's... Hundreds of thousands for a personal appearance. She's got so many fans and followers. You know, it's all on social media now. Is, you know, when we did Valentine's Day, I think mm -hmm. Taylor Swift was in Valentine's She was. Two Taylors. Yes. But she didn't have much to do with the story. No, no. No. So I, I said to this... Producer, one of the producers, I said, You got to cut that blonde girl. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, Do you realize when we put on social media that she was in the movie, how many hits we got and how many people are going to go see the movie? And I know that I know he, and then he looked at me going, No, you don't. <laughs> you're, you're an old man. You're never going to work for me again. <laughs> and I told him that. Yeah. So um, this way, uh, Valentine's Day was like 2010. When did that come out? I don't even know. Yeah, so it was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And even then, like social media was pretty like. But she was just beginning. starting. She yeah, was yeah. Just starting. But I said, yeah, cut that. That has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> Get rid of Taylor. And he went crazy. <laughs> and but, I, but see, I'm intelligent enough to understand that. Like, so if you want all these kids to come to the movie, you know, God yeah. bless you, you know, you, you know, but I'm just, I, I'm again, I always act as the writer right, and the, the artistic 
view of the project. So you sort of I don't lose, think of the money. Yeah. And you don't think of yourself. You sort of become I no, I think of the project. Yeah, I think yeah. of myself being true to the project. That's great. That's what all writers should do. Yeah, but they don't. No. Do you so you worked on all three? You worked on Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and New Year's Eve? Yeah. Did you well, first of all, how's Ashton? Was it a pleasure? Ashton was great. Yeah. Ashton was <clears throat> so nice. And I thought he's funny. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I, I, I don't like him in, um, you know, Charlie. Two and a half men. Two and a half men. I, it, okay. It didn't work for me because Charlie was such a big character. Yeah, big and, presence. And, and so good. So it was uh, hard to fill those shoes. Have you seen uh, Jobs? Where he plays Steve Jobs? I think I saw that, but I know, okay. but my, my personal exchange with Ashton was always good. He was, was my favorite part. Do you know why he wasn't in um, Mother's Day? He wasn't in Mother's I, Day. Maybe he wasn't available. Okay. I, I wasn't know. sure if he knew because yeah. it's. Also, they, the, the concept of those movies was just to fill it with big stars. Yeah. You know, Which is honestly sort of the Grisham thing, too. Yeah. Like, you just get a bunch yeah. of people. Also, going back to Grisham for one second. Yeah, yeah. That's what made the movie a, a good movie for me, too, is the cast. Yeah. And the acting. I think getting Dan Aykroyd in 2004 was, is such a fun get. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, And Tim Allen is, he's like the opening scene where he gets all wet. Yes. Yeah. He's funny in that scene. And it is also, he's like a total dick. To his wife. Oh, yeah. He's a dick to Santa. And he's just like in this one, like that's really good writing, even though this movie isn't that great in the writing. Like that's a good scene to just like, oh, we meet this guy and without really anything going on, we know what we're going to get. Right. We understand that this guy's sort of a dick. Yes. And doesn't like being wet. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? Yeah. <laughs> How about Cheech as a cop? I oh, my that. God. What a wild casting so choice. So great. I bet Cheech had so much fun playing yeah. So that was yeah, that scene. So they don't really have much of much to do. They gave them the whole scene with the burglary happening and chasing and gunfire. Well, that was, that fell flat. It was such a yeah. weird. It the wasn't in the book. Fell, fell. That stuff was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I would have cut that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think John would have cut that too. I think it feels actually a lot like um, the the Chris Columbus movie uh, Home Alone. Yeah. Where like there's this weird. There's a lot of Home Alone type vibes there. Like yeah. The slipping on the ice when they're like rigging the house. Yeah. And the the menacing guy and the, the burglars like it's yeah. a strange weird just sort of oh it's like i'll just Tangent. i'll bring this in to this one because i don't really know yeah. what else to do maybe um i think chris got like robbed as a kid maybe and sort of has a fear of burglary it's possible anything's possible i guess so it's weird that he he's, has these like pretty big moments with burglars anyway i'll look into this for <laughs> for next time um did you have an MVP? Me? Yeah. Uh, I think it's got to be Marty. Not just because there's a Marty in the room, but yeah, I, I, he's Santa Claus. Yeah. He's like, he's literally Santa Claus and he's promoting violence and like self-harm. And I think that's just like the perfect encapsulation of what this movie is about and what Christmas is about. It's not like be kind and be generous it's take care of yourself at make all costs money. Make, make money be part of the machine and be year. violent so i think and he's and he's a great i think he's really a funny actor and yeah. i liked it 
the bit where he's in the room and everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. yeah That's funny. a good bit. And the fact that it was repeated and they finally like figure out that it's Santa. And well, it's they don't creepy. figure it out, but we get to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it's very creepy in the liquor store where he's like, this is your address? Okay, I'll be there. And it's like, yeah. oh, shit, what did I just It's funny. Like? It's creepy funny. I thought he was a good embellish. He's in the book and they do the same sort of thing, but having him flesh it out is, uh, yeah, he's he's my choice. Did you, I know you didn't get the rundown before the episode. Did Was there a character, actor, anything, a musical motif that you thought really was like, made this movie come in for you? MVP. If you had to choose an MVP for Christmas oh, that, the Cranks. We're talking about the MVP? Yeah, who's your MVP? Well, the, the wife, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. I mean, she was very strong and... The stuff with the priest was funny, you know, and like the interaction with the yeah the yeah, priest in the mall. The weird scene where that guy comes in. Is and that Tom like, Poston? The the priest, or am I thinking of? A, uh, I'm not sure. I'm no. I'm thinking, we just saw Bobby. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's I think he's in that. <laughs> but yeah, that scene where she like is perved on by some strange yeah, like that was weird. They like sort of gave him a weird like mental handicap vibe from 2004 and made him just like stare at her in her bikini. It was a very weird moment. Yeah. And I guess just supposed to draw her out to the front desk, but yeah. In her, um, so that the, but it's a weird way to do it. Well, yeah, it was this very weird. is a weird movie. It's <laughs> yeah. demented. Yeah. Well, yeah this... <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Which why it, to me, you don't have a lot of weird Christmas movies. They've tried, you know, Bad Santa, stuff like that. Right, especially nowadays, yeah. Yeah, but, but still, you know, what's the big Christmas movie? Uh, Christmas Story? Lamb? Christmas Story? The Christmas Story. I've yes. never seen it. Yeah, you should. You, I hear it's funny. It's nice. It's a nice yeah. story, but this is not, this is a twisted one. Yeah, this is a fucked yeah. up, scary yeah. Christmas movie. you ever get a chance to see this movie again, the one we're talking about, yeah. The Cranks? Look how many people are wanting to screw the daughter. <laughs> yeah, no, but in I, the living room, I think you're on to that. That's like the motivating, like, oh, the hot girl from next door is home. Yes. Yeah, and that's like what this neighborhood. I think, yeah, this movie is. I think in the purge first. This is a, <laughs> a twisted movie of like violence and nightmares and yeah, and rape. But under exactly, and under <laughs> the guise of like, oh, the '50s American neighborhood is alive here and what's actually happening here is just like incest and and uh yeah just like dark shit yeah there the when you said that i i pictured the movie where you see the street with all the houses except one decorated even at the end of the movie all the houses are decorated the lights it looks like a wonderful american neighborhood and then the the houses are filled with zombies yeah this is her like um Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, yeah. But I, I actually... Have you, you seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Inva- I, I must have seen Yeah. It. I um, I would definitely be get snatched. Oh, yeah. I think that... But this in this one, I wouldn't. I would fight to not be this. But I feel like that movie, the Body Snatchers is interesting because like, they're all fighting against getting snatched, but everyone wants you're snatched. You all seem to be like having a nice time. <laughs> and this just seems terrible. You have to work so hard and pay out all this money. It's, it's yeah. this movie's uh, That's maybe capitalism. Yeah, maybe I should watch it again tonight. <laughs> Every night. 
My MVP was Vic Fromeyer. I love that character. Yeah. That guy is the president. He is it's like a banana republic and he is the true leader. Right. You know, it's yeah. like some real like Russia, North Korea type stuff. A dictator. Yeah. It's interesting that they didn't make him I guess so he even controls Santa, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, he controls the whole thing. He's not Santa. He's above Santa. Yes. He's above mayor. Yes. He's above police chief. He he owns everybody. He owns it all. He rallies people. Who do you think is leaking stuff to the newspaper? You know, like, we heard this, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is telling the priest, you know. Yeah, they even mentioned it. Like, you basically bought out the police. Yeah. That's, like, in the script. He owns the police. Yeah. Yeah, he's and he does it well. He's very. He seems very nice, too. That's just how like, they do it. Let's just get your they, frosty They up. build hospitals for people while they, like, burn the vi- next village over. You know, that's, like, how this whole happens. Yeah, the energy happens. is really... It's like on those like earthquake, you know those things in movies where there's an earthquake happening, the thing goes wild. Yeah. This is like that's for an hour and a half. Yeah. It's just like high energy, but I don't it's like the earthquake's way over there. I don't really know what the point of it, but the energy is intense. And I like that they got the scream queen to be in the movie because she screams a lot. Yeah. A lot. And for like no reason, basically. It's so weird. <laughs> so you're choosing that. Nick Vic. 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 Fromeyer. Yeah. I think this, these are all great picks. Yeah. Uh, well, I could see you picking Marty, too. Yeah. He's nice. Yeah, he's pretty funny. I'd be, I'd be friends with... Honestly, I like the burglar more than anyone. He had more really? honesty and heart than anyone else in the movie. At least he was up front. What, kids? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking this yeah. sock trip. <laughs> like, what did he even end up with? I know. He took a bunch of, like, cutlery. And yeah. Stuff, like... <laughs> That's such a great motif, is, like, stealing people's spoons. Yeah, no one has spoons anymore. Worth anything? Wait, do you have, do you have nice spoons? If I stole your spoons, would you be out a lot He's of money? Got some nice I spoons. have a spoon story for you, but I don't know if it's for this podcast. <laughs> really? Wait, what? Huh? You, you got spoons? I have a spoon story for you. I'd love to hear your spoon story. Well, I can cut it if you don't. Well, if I, it's not good. I, I this is pre Hollywood. Before you even... Before I was working... Before you ventured to before Hollywood. Before I ventured to Hollywood. Wow, this is great. So before I ventured to Hollywood, I was a stand-up comic doing open mics. And this was in... In New York. New York? Okay. And I had this job uh, emceeing at a Israeli nightclub at Sheridan Square in Greenwich Village. What year, approximately? Um, or is that okay to know? 60... Uh, 70. 70. 70s. One seventy-two. Okay. And I had this girlfriend from Nashville, Tennessee, and I went down to visit her. So you know, I was in my twenties, young and, mm-hmm. and, and an actor, a comedian. Uh, you know, a father's nightmare. <laughs> a father's nightmare. Yeah. And I went out to dinner with her parents and her, and he's like ripping into me. How are you gonna? Make a living. Are you working now? I said, yeah, I'm making $50 a week. Oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> and he's turning white and freaking out. And then he starts talking to his daughter. And I'm sitting next to the mother, of course. Uh-huh. So I, you know, he's busy with her. And the mother whispers into my ear, take the spoon when you leave. I say, what? Take the spoon. They overcharge us at this restaurant. And we always take a set of silverware. <laughs> and I said, I'm not taking the spoon. <laughs> Wait, how many? I'm, that's I'm, amazing. I'm not taking the spoon. 
So I stayed three nights at uh-huh. the house. And I went to the pottery barn and got a nice little bowl for them. I had a gift wrapped. I bought a spoon and I put it through the ribbon. Amazing. And when I give her the gift, she says, you took the spoon. I said, oh, I didn't take the spoon. Didn't take you seem spoon. to need spoons. I, yeah, I said I bought the spoon. Yeah. I bought it with my $50. You know, That's amazing. So 10 years later, you know, this girl's in the house with the family and the happy days is on. And my name comes on the screen. Uh-huh. And this is my only revenge to these pe- fathers <laughs> over the years. And he says, uh, didn't you know him, Marty? Yes, Dad, I knew. You threw him out of the house. He lives in Malibu now. <laughs> so, you know, that's my spoon Damn. story. I love it. <laughs> I love the idea that every time these people went out to dinner, they uh, would just leave with, they must have had so much silverware. Oh, of course. Of course. My first set of, of plates and silverware was from the Hyatt. <laughs> We were t- I was telling my dad that you lived in the Hyatt. Yeah, I lived there. And when I was finally moving out. Oh, the Hyatt I stayed in. Yeah. Yeah, the one that looks like I a set of stairs. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. I, when I visited Charlie at BU. I also went to BU. Right. But Same I, years, right? Well, I think one or two years. I was only there for one year, but I think you were there. I was there, yeah. yeah. But I stayed at the Hyatt when I went to visit him. Wait, what, do you remember? When, oh, my God. That would have been so funny if I was. It would have been my freshman or sophomore years. Those were the two years. What, when. When was that? Uh, 2002, 2003. Okay, no, I wasn't there till five. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you stayed at the Hyatt then. You might have. Yeah, I dropped out and then went to BU after. So it was my second school. Yeah. Um, But yeah, when I was finally moving out to my apartment, I didn't have any silverware or plates or anything. I just took them all from the Hyatt. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pro. I like what they're doing. I just think you don't need to always be stealing spoons. So what did you tell I, people when they ate at your house and they had the high? <laughs> I said only the best. Only the best. <laughs> just for you, only the best. I would have changed. I said my, you know, my middle name is high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's close to my last name. Charles begins with an H. True. So they just got it wrong. I asked for a hobby and I got high. It. <laughs> well, you know, although later on it was Charles Motel 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, I think, the only. I sort of, yeah. I think it's okay to. I think restaurants, it's such a weird thing. Was it a nice restaurant? Were they getting like fancy silverware? Yeah, it was a nice restaurant. Okay, so it was pretty nice. So you must have just only gone to one. Well, Otherwise, you was, just have. It, it was. I'm sure they would have taken more expensive stuff. Like if, the chairs and stuff? Well, it's hard to get out with a chair. <laughs> Egypt. Unless you're in a wheelchair and you put the chair on I, top of the wheel. I, I worked with a guy who stole a chair. Nice. I love oh, it. Oh, yes. And yes. I told you, yes. Yeah. It was so great. From it's, his boss or from, lawyer? He was a senior. So is that, is that a place? I don't want to give too much information. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It was at a place that I worked at. He was a senior level guy. See, like very high up. In the, wow. He left to go to a different place. And we had had a fire in our office. Don't give too much information. Uh, yeah, I can. A, well, yes, it's a, this isn't enough to be culpable. Okay. Uh, but whatever. Also, it's like, whatever, it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> so we had a fire, and he said, you know, I'm going to need a new chair because uh, the fire, like, the stuff came down. It smells weird. Uh-huh. Um, so can I get a new chair? And then a couple of days later, he was like, oh, I'm actually getting this new job. 
And he's like, oh, I got two chairs in my office now. And he's like, you know. So he got the new chair. He got the new chair. Then he said, you know, this old chair that I said I needed to get rid of because of the new chair. He's like, I actually kind of like this chair. No one's going to no one's gonna use it because it like smells weird. So uh-huh. I'm going to take it to my new job. So he took this other chair that he said was bad. Uh, but so he, he really lied. just replaced it with like the alibi of the fire. That's so much work. And took a chair with him to his new job. Wow. You know, it's like a nice chair like this, like a couple hundred dollar desk yeah. chair, you know? Yeah. I did that from the Coolidge Corner Theater. <laughs> just no pretense, so I just rolled it up the hill. <laughs> How did you get all these dishes out? In your suitcase or? Uh, Yeah, I think I just packed it like, I was, so we, it was like, you know, I didn't have too much stuff. Oh, but, the school put you in that. Right, so we did move in. I had boxes. So, you know, I just boxed it up. I don't know. I had a, I had a, maybe wrapped it up in my blanket. I think I just had a blanket, like a big, I just put everything in my blanket satchel. Well, you just walked have, out. You could have really had a great life in your new apartment. You could have told people that you get room service from the show. <laughs> That's right. From the, you know, Hyatt. That's right. You know, I don't like to take a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> they bring all the food. Yeah. We have a mini fridge. <laughs> we actually probably just had a mini fridge. It was a terrible a Cambridge apartment underground. Just see people's feet all day. Cambridge, Sludge though. came up out of the sink. Yeah, it was a really lovely Boston experience. So glad that the firm firm guys are back. Um, so are you asking when will it end? Like, would you want a Christmas with the Cranks too? Or do you think this is a, a good encapsulation? That's a good question. I think that in this case. It's what I needed it to be, and I'm happy with You're it done. being done. Done. I think because I would have liked a better ending. You know, I think that I think that the biggest problems I had with the movie was, like I said, I felt it wasn't fully fleshed out why he was the way he was, and I, I couldn't buy in a hundred percent the mm-hmm. way they set it up. And then the way it ends, it, it is kind of like caves to the like Hollywood Christmas movie right. version of it, instead of it being like staying true to like my deep state views yeah. of this movie and you might actually have more to say on this because like grisham might have had a darkness to this his original story and script but then suddenly like christopher columbus and the director and then the actors like it's not just one person's vision so maybe yeah, we, it's not one yeah. Person's yeah. Vision. and the studio's not going to want to put out like an anti-christmas movie fully, for christmas you know? yeah, yeah. No, it probably had a different ending but we don't know we're, we're yeah. speculating in honor of you i would do not um, in honor of me, yeah, in honor of you. I, wow, I'm telling, I'm saying this up. In honor of you, I would not do Christmas with um, what's their name again? The, the, the cranks. cranks. The Actually, cranks. that's true. It doesn't need to be Christmas with the cranks. It could be I, Easter with the cranks. I wouldn't do Christmas with the cranks too. I would do for another movie, skipping Christmas with Marty. <laughs> yeah, so Marty gets yeah. a day As a Santa off. Santa character. Oh, I like this. And that's what I that's the movie I would go see. There's an umbrella shortage, and then he just has to do something different for the month of December. <laughs> I like that. And I think I actually would I would go watch Easter with the Cranks. Yeah. Easter with the Cranks. Yeah. Or yeah, I think so. Easter with the Cranks, because that's that's well, what, what's and, his bitch? He doesn't want Christ coming back this year? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, he could see, uh, that's his whole thing. Easter egg hunts. He's, right, out. He's buying out, He's buying all the eggs in the neighborhood. At, no. oh, he's, I don't know, he can't buy them because that's his big thing. They just want to spend any money. So maybe he's just like, 
stealing them. Stealing them or stepping on them. The burglar from the first movie. <laughs> they team up they, and they go out and steal all the stuff that's in the eggs meant for the children. <laughs> oh, that, they turn it around. Rather than skipping Christmas, they take over. This could be good. Yeah, they take over Easter. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good church scene and then that could be happening. And the animal in the bunny is always good. Yeah. Yes. That's true. We didn't talk about the cat at all. I think we should end with your thoughts on the cat. Well, you know how I feel I about cats. I know how you feel about cats. You know how I feel about cats. This I, cat is stepped on, kicked, frozen thrown, to death. frozen. Frozen to death. Like, <laughs> the fact that the cat's not dead is like, that's a dead cat when it's frozen. That, that was like almost crossed the red line for me with cat stuff. Grisham loves to abuse cats in some of these movies. Um it might be the other people though, because it's not in the yeah. books. Yeah, I think it's like we, you know, okay. we know that Altman has a thing for cats. Yeah, and maybe Christopher Columbus has a thing for cats. So yeah. I, I don't know that Grisham's really the cat guy that you, you can hate. Yeah, the cat gets a cat sitter at the end, which is always a big anxiety for us when we travel. So yeah, I, I, ha- I was good with that cat resolution. Would you, would you prefer that to actually? Because he offered, Crank offered. He offered, yeah. Would you prefer Crank or a? I would have gotten of, someone better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Crank was not a good cat. That was no, in a, the book, the, the same thing happens in the book, and he's like, I agreed to it, but I just knew that my wife would be the one to take care of the cat. <laughs> There's some really weird gender roles oh, shit weird. in the book. Yeah. He's not a good guy. <laughs> well, uh, so as a cat rating, um, this scores low. Yeah, it's a, I'd say four out of ten. Yeah. Four out of ten, because they get the cat sitter, but there's a lot of yeah. shit that they go through yeah, to get there. Cats okay. really kind of abuse great well marty thanks so much for coming this is uh oh it was a pleasure yeah real treat to have you um yeah i had a great time it's i gotta i can't wait to talk more someday if you're ever back happy to do this again well i'll probably be back again not not very soon maybe yeah back no right yeah 100 percent. my father would never and then we'll talk about the gary marshall stuff yeah i'd love that I'd love a little that. addendum to your yeah. season. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, that'd be kind of fun. We could watch all three of them and then talk with Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, I did rank these. Great. I want to hear your ranking because I think I uh, also ranked them. Do you want, how do you want to do this? You want to go one to nine or nine to one? Worst to nine first. To, worst to first. Okay. Worst to first. Okay. You want to just go back and forth or do you want me to go and then you go? What do you think? You think it's as a as a, so you're writing a scene. I I, I was you're, like worst to first, and then you're so you're writing the scene at the end of a movie. Someone you learn the the winners of something. Do you want them? Do you want to hear it? Oh shit! What would the scene be? The scene makes no sense. It's interior office. Okay. Uh, Charles and Charlie reveal the worst to first Grisham movies. Do you want to hear one person do it all, and then the other person do it all, or a back and forth? Back and forth. I think back, back and, and forth. forth. Okay, yeah. great. Let's see how yeah. it goes. It's your podcast, so you go first. I'm not ready. That's okay. You'll edit out the awkward silence. I'm not ready. Okay. <laughs> I won't do that. I'd never do any of that. Okay. Um, number nine. Number nine is Christmas to the Cranks. Before talking to you, this just seemed to be a truly demented celebration <laughs> of everything wrong with America. And I still stand by that. Um but maybe I'll watch it again and see it differently. But that's sort of, yeah, it's uh, it was unpleasant. I found this pretty to be unpleasant overall. Uh, number nine, The Chamber. Yeah. I hated this movie. Have you seen The Chamber? From the jump. No. It is a piece of shit. Chris O'Donnell gives one of the worst performances of the decade. 
It's terrible. I could yeah. I hated it from the first line out of his mouth and it never got better. The premise is um what if now that John Grisham doesn't like the death penalty, the first person he let go was a nice KKK guy who blew up a Jewish lawyer. And it's his grandson is going to help defend him who's yeah. never known him and It's terrible. And he is doesn't it? He dies. It ends with the guy getting gassed anyways. It's so weird. It's so bad. Um, mine chamber was number eight for me. Okay, so I think, uh, I don't know why I ranked. You like the, the chamber more than Christmas with the cranks. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Though they might be tied. They might be tied, but I think I did. Um, it was fun to watch Susan Sarandon pretend to be drunk. Yeah. That was a, that was a highlight. Um, I had a, so this is what's cool about this is we have some varying opinions about this about this universe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I had one at number eight that you probably have very high up, uh, Gingerbread Man. Yeah, I yeah. Just couldn't get into it. That's my number one. I just gave it away. Is that okay in the script if I suddenly yeah. give away my number <laughs> yeah. one? Because that's sort of anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Is that it was time to kill? I found it to be uh, just like completely misguided and the characters are boring and everything that worked was, comp- it's just like, yeah, it, it didn't feel like a real movie. I feel like I was close. I had Rainmaker slightly behind at number seven. Okay. It just seemed like a meh, meh movie to me. Yeah. Um, number six. Number six was The Firm. Again, just like sort of like all these movies have great casts and it just this again had a character who's repulsive and who cares? <laughs> Mine was time to kill. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. yeah. We're, that one we yeah. sort of agree similar. on. Yeah, yeah, similar, similar. Um, then I go, I think I forgot to rank the Rainmaker. So I don't really remember where that goes, but it's probably around now. Yeah. That's the one with uh, with Matt. Yeah, uh, with McConaughey, right? No, not McConaughey. No, Rainmaker is Matt. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Oh, no, I think... No, I'll go Falcon Brief next. Number five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Falcon Brief number five, too. I thought it was a fun chase, but like I said earlier (laughs) in this podcast, it's like should have been way bigger and deeper than what you yeah. do. Yeah, it's like the silliest... uh, love the setup. I I really do love the setup of that movie. Right, it's the silliest movie about killing people on the Supreme Court. Yeah, and everyone being corrupt and awful. Yeah, and no one care. Um. Yeah, the Rainmaker is fine. I'm gonna launch the Lane Make Rainmaker in there at number whatever four. Four. Yeah. Yeah, that well, feels Rainmaker about right. Had Devito, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best part of that movie. And it has Mickey and yeah, this yeah. is a fun. I love Devito. I love. love All right, that we'll still leave it where you left it. Yeah, but yeah. It's no. a. It's fun. Yeah, but he can't say he's a big, big character. He can't save a thing. Uh, number four for me was the firm. I love the world. You do love the world. You keep this. Yeah, you love that world. Love that world. Cynical. Yeah. Oh. Oh. yeah uh client i think just because the main character is sort of silly but everyone else is really fun tommy lee jones is great and uh yeah it's it's like i don't know it's paints that picture that grisham loves to paint where like if you're poor going into witness protection is a good thing and if you're rich going into witness protection is a bad thing and it's just yeah. i don't know it's it's again cynical john at his that is mediocre best client for me. Number three. Same. Oh. oh, similar, similar type vibes. That's great. Yeah. The number two for me is runaway jury. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great, a movie. fucking great movie. I love runaway jury. Uh, yeah. I had, 
I had Christmas at the Garden. <laughs> I thought it was the most original of all nine because of my twisted interpretation. Right. No, I feel like a high school English teacher. All the stuff I say was like, I hate when people are like, this is what it means to me. In my, in my heart, I feel that this movie hates Christmas, hates everyone. Yes. And that's what, see, and, and that's why I, th- I was like blown away that like that was the Grisham Christmas movie. Like he still had to write something dark and terrible even for Christmas. This is, I think, th- this, I'm just sort of, I don't trust anyone anymore. After you should listen to the Die Hard verse. It's only okay. five episodes yeah, and well. you learn that Die Hard 5 is the greatest movie ever made and Die Hard 1 is terrible. <laughs> But I also thought like, oh, this is a, yeah, I can't trust them anymore. And I wish, maybe I'll watch it again and see it differently, but I like your reading of it. And I love that that's your takeaway because it's in there. And I just, I just sort of wanted it to be a little more overt so that I can be like, this is definitely trying to do that rather than but this is But he knew like, you can't make that movie. You can't have true. kids. You're right. You can't have parents take their kids to that movie. You know? You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, which is why Gingerbread Man for me is number one because you can't take kids to that movie. <laughs> And that's the Grisham movie I want. I want the one that you can't take kids to because that's the world he really is trying to show us, yeah. I think. And I yeah. think it's his best version. Uh, uh, that's an ambitious... I mean, <clears throat> Ginger Man is very ambitious. Um, I run away, Jerry. I just thought that was the best overall movie end to end. I wanna, that's like, I think those two are the only ones I'd really want to watch again. Yeah. Is Runaway Jerry and Gingerbread Man for me. Banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well now i gotta figure out in the next verse so um well charlie you've been an amazing co-host this has been fun thank hopefully you so you'll much. come back and do some more someday in the future if you ever want to yeah thanks for keeping me in mind yeah we'll do it we'll do a marty nadler addendum on some stuff sometime hell yeah i can't wait yeah <laughs> <laughs>